Hey friends, welcome back to a new season and a new year of the Servings Podcast, a podcast designed specifically for school nutrition. I'm excited because we have something unique to start the year. Um, I thought it would be fun uh, as we're all looking into you know the future of 2022 and trying to figure out what our goals are and what the year is going to represent for each of us. I thought it'd be great to go a slightly different route. So we have a very special guest. It's someone adjacent to the school nutrition world whose uh, superpower, and truly y'all are going to get a chance to hear a little bit more about her and see that she truly is a superhero, but her superpowers are two things. Um, one, being the best version of herself, and two, and maybe most importantly, putting other people first. And I can't think as we are all pondering, hey, what what can I do to be better um, in 2022? We're looking at diets and we're looking at, you know, uh, being wiser with our money and professional goals. I can't think of a better person to lead us into that than someone who's sole focus is putting other people first and trying to be the best version of themselves. So uh, without further ado, I'm excited for y'all to to um, to listen to this episode, to hear this episode, and meet this very special guest. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to the Servings Podcast. We are kicking off 2022 with a very special guest. And a guest who doesn't necessarily operate in the school nutrition space, but um, what's called adjacent to the school nutrition world. Um, our guest today is the perfect person for each of us to hear from as we begin making our New Year's resolutions and trying to determine uh, how to be the best versions of ourselves. Um, she's a trained chef, having graduated with honors from Le Cordon Bleu. She is uh, most notably the executive chef for Choices, and we're, I'm really excited for you all to hear about Choices. Um, and last and definitely not least, she was recently named by uh, Disney as one of their magic makers for their 50th anniversary. I mean, how cool is that? Um, so the list of bona fides go on and on, but I'm happy to introduce you all to Chef Ashley Keys. Um, Chef, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Corey. This is so cool. I'm so excited to be on the Servings podcast today. Well, we're, we're excited to have you. And um, again, we, we haven't stepped out of the school nutrition realm very often. Um, I think the only other one that that we've done was with uh, Chef Nick Barrington. Um, again, you know Chef Nick, president yes. of ACF and executive chef for Eastlake uh, East National, Eastlake Golf Club. So um, to have another um, culinary expert on the, on the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Well, is- Chef, I, I'm sure as you're familiar, I know you've been able to to listen to a number of the episodes here, but um, we have a tradition on this podcast. We are we're going to keep that tradition rolling strong into 2022. Um, and we are, I mean, we're here to, to learn about choices and, and your heart with that and um, some of the other really cool things going on in your world. But we start with the hardest of hitting questions first. And that is, <laughs> what are you watching on Netflix, on Netflix, uh, Hulu, cable, Amazon Prime, YouTube TV, Apple TV? I feel like every time I do this, the list, the list grows longer on different ways to watch things. But what are you binge watching these days? So I am all in to the next level chef right now um, with Chef Gordon Ramsay and Natasha, uh, Natasha Arrington. I'm loving it because it's just a unique way to do a new cooking show, competition show. Um, I feel like it's very authentic in a way of you having to start, you know, there's three levels of kitchens. There's the basement, 
then you have like the middle ground kitchen and then you have like this amazing glorious culinary kitchen that has all like the equipment so like the basement has broken pots and pans uh two burners so it's like you're having to make this gourmet meal and you have to do it with you know maybe no tongs or no um <laughs> No, you know, you don't have a blender. You don't have a food processor. You just basically have to cook your heart out and you're getting judged based upon these people who have like sous vide machines and uh, air fryers and all these gourmet kitchen appliances in their second or third level kitchen. And it's like, dang, okay, you made this in a basement with a half a pan, uh, a half pan, a foil half pan at that. What? That's a macaroni pan. That's a that's a casserole pan, and you're making a steak meal. Well, I'm I'm sure that's not a world that you know. You know, again, cooking with less. And again, I know the people listening to our podcast, working in school nutrition. Um, you know, they're asked to do quite a bit with, with uh, with a little sometimes. So I'm sure that's a world that people can relate to as well. Yes, it is. It is. So like, I'm like, okay, I think I can make you know a dish in this kitchen maybe uh but not under a time constraint of like 25 30 minutes Uh, maybe not so much but (laughs) i feel like okay we all should be tested um you know those times you have these pop-up mystery baskets and i feel like we have to just excel and produce the greatest meal ever no matter what type of kitchen you're in you know you're gonna feed somebody this meal so you gotta pour your heart and soul into it yeah i mean it's just hearing you explain it it's just like hey i I've seen that world. I've seen what y'all have been able to accomplish and create with, uh, you know, maybe not um, the same sort of kitchen that, you know, some of these spaces that um, that I've been in and some of the resources some folks have. And uh, it just, again, it's incredible, the, the similarities there. So I got to ask you, and I, I'm sure there's a few people wondering this too, um, being a uh, high-level chef yourself, um, Chef Gordon Ramsay, he's got to be a little bit unique, right? Like we know, we know the um, uh, the cliches as it relates to chefs sometimes, and and some of the things that go with it. But he's he's not like regular chefs, correct? No, he's not. He's unique. <laughs> he's on a whole different level. Um, you know, I feel like I, as a kid, I looked up to him, sure. and then it's like, okay, he's just a chef. You know, he can cook just like I can cook, but. You know, he can do certain things better than I can. You know, if we were to go make head-to-head and make mac and cheese, mm, I might win that one. But right. again, maybe not if it's a blind taste test. Sure. So, you know, I just feel like everyone has their passion and what they're called to do in the kitchen world and the industry and culinary arts. So his is different than mine, but we're still feeding people and still helping people live a happy life with a great well, plate of food. Well, I think that's a perfect transition as we talk about um, helping people live a happy and healthy life. So um, let's start with some context here, Chef. Um, could you explain to the listeners a little bit what CHOICES is and, and maybe what that stands for? Yes. So CHOICES stands for, the long name is the Center Helping Obesity in Children and Successfully. It was founded back way back 20 years ago in 2002 by my mother, Vanetta Keys. She is our executive director and founder. Um, and Choices has evolved over the last 20 years. I can't believe it. Um, so we went from being a after-school program for overweight kids. Um, it was about five of us when we got started. Um, we would work out with a personal trainer after school, uh, do some nutrition education that came around a couple years later, uh, where we do these health fairs, but it was like a carnival for kids. 
So we would teach kids all about nutrition education, having the test tubes with sugar, uh, what five pounds of fat versus five pounds of muscle look like. We used to call those children nutrition and physical activity expos. I still remember that name. <laughs> and we have uh, dwarfed over the years for our Camp Diva program and Sisters in the Light, which is a program for overweight uh, girls. Um, and we do a summer camp with them. And then we have our Let's Move uh, DeKalb and Let's Move Atlanta, Let's Move Kennesaw. And that was after former First Lady Michelle Obama's initiative of getting kids moving and healthy eating. And then we have now the Choices Community Teaching Kitchen, where we have a uh, Pre-COVID-19, we had a on-site community teaching kitchen where families would come and learn how to take uh, cook, and they would take free classes where they would come for three weeks at a time learning how to make healthy meals. Um, and we would have them cut up fruits and vegetables, uh, learn how to cook healthy proteins, and make a wonderful meal for about, we could do it back then for about $15 for a family of four. Okay. Um, so they could learn how to come make this healthy meal. They would eat it, cook it and take home the leftovers, and then they would come back the next week and learn a new dish. That's but also so we would do nutrition activities with them and show them how to, you know, read nutrition labels. So we have uh, emerged over the years, and now with, of course, COVID, we have gone virtual. So we take our cooking classes virtually via Zoom. That is awesome. So I, I, I know we I do have... our mobile. Yes. Yeah, I, I know I have a few questions from it because there's I mean, just so much there, and and. And again, what a cool, cool concept, what a cool program. I mean, what a cool thing that, you know, your mother started it 20 years ago and here you are carrying the baton, you know, 20 years on and helping it evolve with the times. Um, I guess, you know, the first thing that comes to mind in the first question, you, you kind of hit on it a little bit here is, you know, obviously the world has shifted over the last, you know, call it two years with the pandemic and, and some of the things that y'all were able to do, because uh, a lot of it sounded like things that you were doing in person and, and really putting a fingerprint on, um on some of those those kids, how has that shifted? I know you mentioned Zoom and doing some things virtually. Has the engagement level gone up, gone down? How has that fluctuated? And how has the execution of that mission sort of changed? So with the uh, us going virtual, we have been able to reach more families outside of just Metro Atlanta. Awesome. Um, we have people from the UK coming to our classes, New York, California, Michigan, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, Louisiana. So we're all, we're hitting different states now because it's a virtual platform. So versus when we were just here in Metro Atlanta, we could hit Metro Atlanta, they could come to classes and things like that. But now we're, we're taking a lot of the extra work out of having to A, come to in-person classes because you're cooking at home. I'm cooking at home or at our community teaching kitchen. I'm cooking in there. They're cooking at their home. So they understand how their kitchen works. They're getting comfortable in their kitchen with their kids because we're not just about mom and dad cooking. We actually have the kids in there cutting up vegetables or the kids might be stirring some pizza dough up when we make our pizza class. So we have the kids involved in every step of the process. Mom handles anything that has to go on heat or dad even handles stuff that has to go on heat if something has to come out the oven. The parents take it out, but the kids can put it in the oven because we're teaching them proper knife safety, kitchen safety, so they know they can't be playing in the kitchen or running with a knife. It's no, okay, this is what you have to do at home as much as you would have to do it with me in person. So um, we have evolved with our snack and story time for our little kids. That's just a simple 45-minute class that kids are making a no-bake snack with. 
And then we have someone read them a story. So, Corey, we're going to have to get you to come to a snack and story time session. Come in. I would love to to read a story. Um, again, I, I'm sure, again, I, I want to be careful because, you know, I might enjoy the snack and story time more than the kids. You know, I. <laughs> yes, you know, yes. I, that usually does happen, but. Well, from the personal, you know, engagement and involvement and enrichment standpoint, absolutely. But also because I've seen what y'all have been able to cook. And if y'all are making snacks, I'm eating all the snacks. So um, I'm here for all that as well. So I I guess, you know, again, that kind of puts um, the question that's at the top of my mind right now. And I I sure hope I'm not the only one thinking of this right now um, as, as folks are listening to you share this. But what is everyone's? favorite dish that you teach them to cook? So it's a toss up between sweet and sour chicken, our hidden vegetable tacos, and our pizza class. Yeah. So we teach kids how to make pizza from, uh, we get this dough packet and it costs 98 cents. You add a half a cup of water, a tablespoon of olive oil, and just some like garlic powder or fresh garlic, some dried Italian herbs, mix it up into a ball, flatten it out of your pizza pan. You have pizza dough, fresh. It tastes a lot better than what you would go buy in the store, frozen or ordered out. That is awesome. Like, and again, for full disclosure for everybody, we're recording this shortly before lunch. So if my if my questions tend to be food based, it's probably my stomach talking. <laughs> yes. So, and it's, uh, yeah, it's still so, breakfast time. Yeah, I, I just like I, I, I get so excited and energized hearing hearing your passion as you talk about these things, Chef, and and just hearing, um, and I guess projecting how I see the the benefits of this happening with families. Um, the again, I, I don't think it's any secret that it's been probably more of a challenge with families to interact and engage in more meaningful ways, given the you know, the rise of social media and smartphones and different distractions. So, you know, I get excited hearing some of these things, um, these kind of, but I don't want to say new, but unique ways for families to engage. But I also love the messaging behind, hey, these are, we're helping folks um, learn healthier choices that they can carry with them into adulthood as well. Uh, I guess the, the the additional piece that I'm, I'm kind of curious about here is as you are engaging with these kids and you're you're um, teaching these kids kind of how to maneuver in kitchens and the fun things that can come from being in a kitchen and the benefits of creating unique dishes and, and fun items. Are you seeing more students looking towards careers in the culinary arts coming from this? Yes. I, uh, we, Choices has a culinary apprenticeship program. And right now we currently have four young people. Um, the oldest is now about to graduate out of the program, but he now works with us. Um, but yes, I have a 13 year old, a 15 year old, a 16 year old, um, in the program where we are, they're earning hours. So they earn their chef coat. They, um, after some, they earn 60 hours of volunteering or cooking or participating in classes. They get a chef coat. Then after that, they'll get a knife eventually after they do 120 hours. Um, so they are learning now a career path, um, job opportunities from, working with me um so when i do catering or any kind of like we have special events i bring them along to come work with me 
to learn from me. So like during the holidays, we were preparing Thanksgiving meals. We were all in the kitchen together, chopping up vegetables, learning how to cook these recipes. So that we're teaching them a career path. That is so cool. Um, I, I, I know you had mentioned this a little bit earlier too, Chef, um, with the expansion that's maybe happened a little bit organically from having to go virtual. Um, and you had mentioned some, um, some of the let's move uh, uh, spots around Metro Atlanta with, with the cab and in um, and, and Fulton County. And you mentioned Kennesaw even, are there any plans to, to expand choices um, again, as you're continuing to extend that reach uh, with the capabilities of being virtual? What are, what, what do those plans look like or what are the, um, uh, maybe the five, 10 year plan of choices looks like? So we are continuing to expand. Um, we just put in some um, better camera equipment into our kitchen so we can expand the reach of our classes to YouTube, to uh, hands-on cooking classes, things like that. We are also expanding the reach of our mobile pantries uh, in Metro Atlanta. So we are working to expand the reach of our mobile pantries where we give people food and groceries, but then a day later, they're taking a class with us with the items they got from the mobile pantry. So we are expanding that reach, you know, being able to serve 500 families and then having, you know, 100 of them come learn how to use what was in their bag. So if we give them a mystery ingredient called red quinoa, for example, they might not know how to use that, but we're going to give you a class in the next day showing you how to use that quinoa in like a chicken ratatouille dish or, um, you know, so we are expanding our virtual imprint. We are hoping to expand our physical input with our mobile pantry program um, to metro, more of Metro Atlanta. Right now, we have about three sites we go to um, around a rotational calendar. But we're always looking to expand and partner with other organizations that have the same kind of focus and vision uh, that Choices has. And, you know, just hoping that we can continue to spread health and that food is medicine to families and to, you know, even schools, because we do work with schools and we have worked with uh, several schools in Metro Atlanta, you know, bringing snack and story time into their kids' classrooms. Um, we have even uh, worked with, um, you know, doing health fairs with other uh, schools and helping them um, in the previously uh, with our Let's Move Atlanta and Let's Move Kennesaw, we have school kids come and learning nutrition. So, you know, we've worked really hand in hand with school nutrition and expanding uh, our reach because we feel like schools and choices go together because they have the kids. We bring the program and we work together hand in hand to help uh, get the message out there to schools. Oh, that's perfect. I think that's exceptionally well said. I, I hope um, for all you school nutrition directors who are listening, superintendents who are listening, um, I will make sure Chef Ashley's uh, contact information is in the communication that goes out with this. Please, please, please look to partner with Choices. There are, I mean, I think an infinite number of ways how this uh, program benefits your students, benefits the students' families. I think what a great, great way to help, you know, complete the educational process for the student. And that, uh, you know, in the same way that um, I know the, the Georgia Department of Education focuses on the entire um, education and development of the child um, through learning, through food. I think this is a, a perfect um, synergy to that messaging. So with that, Chef, I'll kind of leave it at this here um, as it relates to, to, to choices, but how can folks get involved if they want to partner with choices and support choices? 
So the easiest way is to follow us on social media if you want to get in contact with us. Uh, our social media is um, at choices, the number four kids. Um, uh, email address is info at choicesforkids.org. You spell choices, C-H-O-I-C-E-S-F-O-R, kids.org. Um, and we would love to partner with anyone who's interested in working with us. Um, we can bring the snack and story time into your classrooms. We can bring, um, you know, the mobile pantries and cooking classes, all that great stuff um, into the schools and partner and we love to partner with them thank you so much Corey, for allowing us to be here today yeah of course of course i think it's such a really again i've watched from a distance what you've done i've been impressed with it i think it's a really cool thing um i think it's a great thing for for again as we look at uh how do we help families how do we help kids be better not just while they're kids but into adulthood as well and, and i think this is a huge part of that. So, Chef, I buried the lead a little bit here on this one, right? So I mentioned in the introduction um, the Disney Magic Maker for the 50th anniversary, which, I mean, that sounds incredible. And I'm sure, like, I'm not even close to scratching the surface for what that is. So could you tell us a little bit more about that honor and how that came about? Yes. So I was one of 28,000 to be nominated to be a Disney Magic Maker. And it was a wonderful process. Um, and what Disney did was it's Disney's 50th anniversary. Um, and so they were looking for 50 community heroes. And I was one of 50 that to be insane. chosen. That is um, so and, you know, this all started because of the pandemic when we started um, feeding more families. So they were looking for people and seeing what people are doing during the pandemic and you know, we were chosen. Um, I'm so honored. It's not about me. It's about choices. Just being able to get the recognition that choices is out here and they're seeing the work that we're doing. Um, and I'm just so honored to be a Disney magic maker. That is, that's so cool. So again, if you, everyone listening, if you're hearing this, if choices is good enough for Disney to call out, it's definitely good enough for y'all to partner with, you know, hear that right. Disney you guys can partner with that. Now, I was reading a little bit about it, Chef. So your this might be a nice little segue to learn a little bit more about your background and, and kind of where you've come from. But did I read that you at one point worked at Disney? Yes, I was a Disney intern and I was a part of their culinary internship program back in 2002. I loved it. Worked there. Had a blast. Disney is a passion of mine. Uh, it's a love of mine. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, it's just another, you know, bonus to be recognized as a Disney magic maker. That is, that's so cool to see that stuff come full circle. Um, to see, you know, you start as an intern there and then to be honored as, you know, 50 of 28,000 candidates as a, uh, magic maker for, for their 50th anniversary. Um, so beyond being an intern with Disney, could you share a little bit about maybe your culinary background? I know. Um, you had graduated with honors from Le Cordon Bleu, but um, I think that's probably just a very small um, sort of snapshot of, of where you've come from, from the culinary world and, and kind of how you've transitioned into this leadership role with, with Choices. Yes. So my culinary background is a little different. I never went to culinary school to say, um, let me go to culinary school because I want to work in a restaurant. Sure. That wasn't really my dream. I love to cook. I had a passion for cooking. I had a passion for serving people. But I felt like 
you know, once I went to culinary school and did, dug deeper, I knew, okay, me, I didn't have the speed to be a line cook. So if you were going to put me on your line, I was going to crash and burn and your <laughs> line have been dead. I, I'm, but if you tell me, okay, I need you to cook for 15 people, 20 people. So I went to focus more of catering, um, more into now I'm going more into, let me show you how to alternatively cook. Um, so you know, I can cater a banquet for, you know, 50 people, um, you know, 100 people, whatever you need me to do, I can do that. So I went more focused on, okay, let me catering, personal chef. And that's where I flowed at. Um, and I feel like I'm now more into the entrepreneurship of culinary arts. Um, my day job, per se, choices is my fun job, but my day job, I'm an entrepreneur. I have uh, I'm a part owner of a kiosk inside the airport. So that's my day-to-day job um, that I help, you know, manage and operate. But, you know, Choices is my world right now and I'm loving it because I get to help other people. Um, So I feel like going through the industry, you have to just find yourself a mentor. I tell all chefs coming up in the industry, who's your mentor in the industry? Because if not, if you don't have someone to help you walk you down the path and say, hey, look, you're making a mistake, don't do that. Um, I feel like you can't uh, grow. And so um, I had great mentors, Chef Marvin Wood, Chef Desmond Fannin, bring me up, Chef uh, Master Chef Daryl Schuler helped me bring me up in the industry and say, okay, this is what you want to do. Let's follow that path. Let's go towards that direction. And so that you can um, be successful in what you're doing. Yeah. I, I did you have to go with your heart in the industry, you know, culinary arts, you have to, you know, flow. So it's not always about following that direct path of line cook, sous chef, executive chef role. No, flow with your heart. And coming back to take on choices full circle is just a lovely opportunity because, you know, I was cooking for choices before I was even a chef. I would help prepare meals. I would help uh, do things, but I wasn't chef actually yet. So now coming back, say now teaching other families how to cook um, and showing families, okay, you can make something healthy, but it still tastes flavorful. Yeah. And, and you have again, to learn hearing you share those your, new your, Yeah. Chef, hearing you share your heart about, again, what I, what I hear um, and that is, you know, especially as we talk about the, the world of culinary arts is doing, what makes you happy, what fills you up, what, you know, restokes that fire every day, because, you know, I can imagine it'd, it'd be pretty easy if you're in the wrong part of that world to get burned out pretty quickly. Yes, that is so true. Um, and, you know, I tell people now, um, dream, because the industry is so much bigger than when it was, even when I got started, because sure. you have health, you have food science, you have food photography. There's so many realms of culinary arts now. Follow your path, wherever your path leads you, you're going to succeed in it without doubt because you're going to enjoy that path so much more than if you were doing something else you're not happy doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed in all the things that you just listed there of paths that people could go in in the culinary arts. You didn't list selling equipment oh, and hosting podcasts. Yes, yes. So, yes, it's um, it, your point is very well taken, though. It is a big industry and there is enough space in this industry for Wherever your passion leads you, there is probably an opportunity to get paid to do it. Yes, it is. Um, so, Chef, we are maybe setting a record at this point being 
you know, 25 plus minutes in and not bringing up COVID directly. So I, I got to ask, um, you know, obviously COVID has, has affected all of us in, in some way, shape or form, right? Over the last two years, the pandemic has um, changed how we've interacted and, and how we've gone to work and, and any number of different things. So um, I don't want to ask you, you know, the generic COVID question. I want to spin it a little bit uh, differently to you. So um, what are the silver linings that you found as we are kind of coming into 2022, moving out of the last two years of the pandemic? What are you moving? What are you taking with you as you move forward? I can rest and not burn myself out in this industry. Um, I feel like in the culinary industry, chefs hit it hard, they go hard, but we don't know how to say, okay, let me step away and take a break. Yeah. Um, I feel like we don't have to necessarily do exactly by the manual anymore. Let's be creative. Let's, you know, pop-up restaurants, I feel like are going to be the next trend where restaurants will come around for three, four, five months, maybe, and they disappear. And they flip into something else. Because I feel like with COVID, nothing's the same anymore. Nothing's going to be present today and maybe, you know, gone tomorrow. Restaurants are here today and a restaurant closes every day. So showing us that we can be present, but we can also be aware of, "Mm, this ain't working right, let me change, and it's no big, not a big deal. Um, I've learned to even just personally rest. I've learned to be able to take my phone, turn it off, and hide it from myself so that (laughs) I can have my own mind to think. I can be off social media. I can, um, you know, I feel like just sometimes you just have to have that self-care moment, but really deeply have that self-care moment. Not just say, okay, I'm gonna have self-care time and sit in bed and with my phone on and go through Instagram. That's not resting. That's not, you know, helping yourself uh, clear your head because it's just gonna clog it back up with what you were dealing with, what you were trying to avoid. Um, And then I've also know that, you know, I got to be creative in this pandemic because I got to try new recipes. I got to say, I want to uh, perfect my croissant baking. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was making croissants after croissants, trying to get back to where I had learned how to make them and bake in a pastry almost 10 years ago. Um, And I was like, nope, this ain't working. Scrap it. Try it again. Um, But I had to be creative in the industry. I got to be creative cooking. I had to be creative whatever I want to taste. I had a taste for it. I would go work on it. Um, but I didn't let it stress myself out. That's one thing I was not going to let myself do, get stressed out during this pandemic because I knew it was out of my control. Yeah. I mean, what a what a great message for everybody to hear. Again, I think the theme of, of this podcast, um, with it being, you know, being recorded, you know, early to middle of January of 2022 is, you know, how do we find the best version of ourselves, right? Like what can we do to that, that stokes the fires that, you know, whatever analogy you want to find, what can help us be the best version of, of ourselves and, and hearing you talk about, Hey, I'm going to um, make the space to find what makes me happy. I'm going to do what makes me happy. And then if something else is going to make me happy, I'm going to explore that. And I'm not going to get caught up in the outcome of it, right? Because I can't always control the outcome of it. I can't control if Corey likes my croissant, right? But what I can control is, do I like the effort that I put into it? Do I like, 
you know, the resources that I use, whatever that is, I can control the process, whereas I can't control the outcome. And hearing you share some of the, you know, your heart on those things, I think is, is meaningful and powerful. And, and again, I don't know who needs to hear it uh, necessarily out there. I know I'm one of the people who needs to hear that, but it's, it's great hearing it from you. Thank you. Um, so chef, you mentioned a little bit, I, I kind of want to touch on this and follow up with you. Um, you know, one of the trends you see, and I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious as you say this, um, seeing restaurants kind of pop up, right. Um, and be it, I think maybe some of us might be familiar with like the idea of like a themed restaurant popping up and leaving. Uh, but I mean, when you talk about restaurants popping up, what do you mean? Are, are you, do you see this as being kind of tied to, you know, the, the further development of ghost kitchens and some of those things? I mean, when you look out on the horizon, what do you see as far as this, as far as this trend goes? I feel like restaurants this day and age, uh, because, you know, our labor market, food shortage, all those types of things, we're going to see kitchens come, restaurants come, have, you know, a great theme, food, and then they're going to say, okay, we're going to close down and we're going to rebrand. And I feel like that's going to happen more now because people want experiences when they go out now because of COVID. People aren't going out to restaurants every night. They're going out maybe once a month. So they're going to want an experience. I remember one of my last pre-pandemic meals was at the Georgia Boy with Chef Joey Ward. I still remember the taste from that meal when I think about it. That was an experience. It was 13 courses. I didn't know what the menu was. I walked in a room, sat down. Okay, they gave us a couple courses. They said, oh, we're moving. What? Hmm. Okay. They open up the bookshelf. This door opens. Wow. It walks into another kitchen. Open kitchen space. You can see them plating your stuff. But the scenery, the smells, every course, they set the tone and change the atmosphere a little bit. That sounds pretty cool. Then another table walked in. So it was like 13 of us, but that was an experience versus going to a restaurant and say, okay, let me order this. Let me order this appetizer, this entree and this dessert and going home. Yep. That doesn't please me anymore. So chefs are trying to feel like, okay, what can I do to get my name out there, grow this brand? And then, okay, we're going to flip the concept and do something new. Yeah. When again, there's, there's something to, you know, again, this is a very simplification, oversimplification of it, but right. Like there's a reason restaurants and, and folks do LTOs and limited time, you know, limited time offerings, mm-hmm. right? Like there's something to be mm-hmm. said for There is a very limited window for you to experience this. FOMO is very real. Uh, get it while you can, because it's not going to be here in a few months. Yeah. And then check back at this space for, you know, later developments. And I, I think that's, again, I love hearing you say that. I think that's a really cool thing. It's something that I hadn't really even thought of. And again, I, I may be, overreaching here but i think with the development of you know ghost kitchens and, and maybe some off-site kitchens or or the sharing of kitchens you probably have the ability for um, the dining space to be shifted and changed and, and utilize some of these these um other kitchen spaces for the actual cooking i, I mean i i think it's i think it's brilliant yes you know a few lighting mood changes curtains yep can change the whole environment um so I feel like having that, you know, concept. Um, and then also, you know, people are just cooking at home more. You know, we had the sourdough bread. We had the banana bread phase. We had all those phases. 
But I feel like people are just getting more comfortable cooking at home. So people are spending more time in their kitchen. Yeah. So people are like, okay, let me go buy a new stove. Let me go buy something that's going to make me enjoy my kitchen. Um, let me go buy this KitchenAid mixer. Let me go buy this whatever piece of equipment. I know um, people are like, oh, how do you use a smoke gun? I was like, why do you need a smoke gun? Oh, well, we saw it on TV and we want to use it. <laughs> okay, let me tell you the company to go buy. Let me yeah. show you how it's done. But, you know, just having those experiences of, okay, I'm going to go buy a smoke gun because I might use it one or two times, but that's an experience I'm going to enjoy creating in my kitchen and just, you know, trying new things. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, I know that world all too well. I have, uh, you know, no free ads here, but I have a big green egg in my backyard because, you know, not because I am an expert uh, smoker of meats, but because it's a, a hobby and something I enjoy doing. And, you know, even when I do a bad rib still tastes great. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, big green egg, y'all can come this way if you want to, we would love <laughs> to have one. We can't afford one yet, but we would love to have one in the kitchen. Well, you know what? I think that's uh, everyone who's listening to this. If you have a big green egg laying around or want to help, you know, fund a big green egg for choices, um, we can, we can start a, you know, a GoFundMe for that or, or, yeah. or something on that, on that front. And, and shoot, I, I, I want to be careful how I say this because, you know, people might hold me to it. There might even be a world that exists where we can get my big green egg down there for for a, a period of time for, you know, for the kids that have some, some classes. Food. Yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. As we long as I can that. eat what comes off of it, you know, I think we can. Oh, yeah. Corey, that. we'll feed you. We'll feed you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Perfect. We'll feed well, you. Chef, this has been wonderful. I, I truly appreciate uh, your expertise, your thoughts, your heart with all this. I've got one last question. We'll get you out of here on this. Um, and this is a question I love asking folks who come on the podcast, but if you were to give advice to, um, you know, someone starting off in the culinary space, I know you had mentioned the importance of, of a mentor, um, but if you were to give advice to someone or, or maybe even yourself looking back, you know, 20 years, what advice would you give those people? Have fun, be intentional and follow your heart. Just follow your heart and you know, just have fun, dream, dream, because this industry is so vast, so wide. There's money for everyone to make. It's not about this is my section. I can't take this section. Uh, someone else is in this section. Dream. Yeah. Work I mean, together. Work together. What a great thing to, to hear and say. And again, I, that doesn't just apply to young people, right? Like everyone listening to this would ever wherever you're at in your, in, in your life and wherever you're at in your walk and your journey, I think those have fun, be intentional, follow your heart. It's never, you're never too old to, to do that. And you're never too old to apply those principles into whatever it is you're doing now. So if you are, you know, working in a, a school cafeteria right now, you can have fun, you can be intentional and you can let your heart show and all that. Yes. Yes. Thank well, you, Corey. Well, of course. Well, Steph, again, Massive thank you for for joining the podcast today. Again, I'm so appreciative that you you were willing to share your heart and share choices with us. Um, I think uh, with all that we've been through over the past two years, I think this is a great time and, and again a great season to look forward and find the Disney magic maker in all of us. Right? Um, yes. What what can I do or what can I do to bring out the best version of myself? And, and many folks listening today are. I mean, truly, they're they're making magic every single day. And so maybe the best version of you is taking 20 minutes to to work on your mental or your physical health. Maybe it's, you know, exploring healthier food options or 
healthier reading options, or maybe, you know, Jeff, like you mentioned, maybe it's just putting down social media for an additional 20 minutes each day, you know, whatever it looks like for you, here's the 2022 being uh, your best year yet and unlocking the best version of you. And Jeff, thanks again for being here. Happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. You're welcome. Thank you, Corey. Of course.